One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Rusty LaRue, Dinky Simpkins, Joey Devon, Brent Ferry, Corey Benjamin, Sean Keen, Cornell Special guest, John Wilms, musical guest, Zwan, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. It's me, your host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. How's everybody doing tonight? Me? I'm doing fine. That's the voice of our guest, John Wilms. John, you're in Chicago. You picked the Rockets to win the series. You must be feeling pretty good right now, huh? I'm feeling fantastic. I mean, it's not over yet, so, you know. I, I want to see good basketball. And uh, mostly it's been pretty good. I, I think that, like, tonight was kind of an ass game, you know? Yeah, but, uh on Twitter is <laughs> acting like it was, like, the greatest game on earth. I thought it, it was, kind of. I mean... It wasn't particularly well played, but that doesn't take away from the theater of it. I mean, it was it was really weird that it was basically each team made two gigantic runs, and it turned out almost even at the end of those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were almost like each dominated the game for like 24 minutes exactly, too. But it's just weird that... Uh, there wasn't really a point when the teams were playing particularly even. It was like one team really taking it to the other one at any given time. They took turns at competence. Um, and ultimately, the Rockets were just a little more competent over the course yeah. of the evening. 
I would I think like to see a game where both Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant play well, uh, as opposed to tonight where I thought Ste- uh, Clay, I mean Kevin Durant was terrible. Well, he's always terrible. <laughs> it's um, I mean it was it was interesting today because uh, a lot of his playoff performances have been him sticking like fairly difficult shots but making them at a pretty good rate and then uh getting fouled and getting dunks a lot too and this game he kind of still took the same poor quality shots but they just weren't going in as much and he was not getting to the basket at all we've we've come to expect him to make very high level difficulty shots and finally was not making them I wonder if that like affects his approach too. Is that he's so good at it that it's like, yeah, why do I even need to get it to fifteen feet away? You know. Yeah, I mean, why? Why even if you're Kevin Durant? I guess I guess you see the same thing with LeBron sometimes when it's just like, yeah, just another uh, step back fadeaway. They mostly go in. You know, I could probably get a better shot, but I'm also very tired covering for my team, which I think also was the case with Kevin Durant tonight. I feel like the Warriors. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm a very unhealthy boy. Um, I feel like the uh, Warriors went on their uh, third quarter run, as they do the horniest mm-hmm. time of the game. The Warriors is the third quarter, um, and the Rockets survived it, and they didn't know what to do after that. Like, if when that doesn't deliver the knockout blow, they seem to not know what to do. Yeah, I mean, they shot, I think some of it was like, they got a little unlucky, because they shot something like 18% in the fourth quarter, but also, um, I mean, I, I, I'm i not on the bench, I don't know how rest of the guys are. Wait, you're but, not? Uh, you're not you on know, I, I have some sources within the crowd, uh, I had a, my my ex-girlfriend was sitting in front of Daryl Morey for game three. Really? So, yeah, do you want some, do you want some of the inside scoop? I want everything. Uh, he he would like clap and go yes when uh, Sean Livingston would take a shot because he was like yeah that's the low percentage they're selling for that uh, he constantly said that James Harden is fouled on every single play but uh, they only call it every fifteenth time uh, and he also said that James Harden is sl- used to be fast but he isn't anymore. Daryl Morey was saying that. Yeah, that he's not as fast as he used to be. John, do you know who Mike D'Antoni donated to? Who did, he donate, who did he donate to? Bernie Sanders. Mike D'Antoni, my guy. Yeah. He understands. We were talking, uh, uh, Corbin and I were talking last night about um, theoretical fat Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. And and just like how dope, how dope that would be, fat Mike D'Antoni. Well, you'd want him to have the mustache back again, right? Oh, you would have to have the mustache. So yeah. he's just like, come on, guys, you score. I'm going to buy you a pizza pie. Like, <laughs> hey, we're back in the wild, wild west. Pepperoni. <laughs> yeah, it would be just like that, I think. I feel When the Rockets are at their very like most annoying, which was actually substantial portions of tonight, um, I think it's because they're doing too much like Daryl Morey shit. And I think that that works sort of in the regular season. They can just sort of algorithm a lot of these lesser teams out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Unit. 
Yeah. But then when they, when they get too cute and they're trying too hard to do like the perfect like highest percentage thing all the time, and they end up like spending the entire shot clock trying to do it, and it's just like it's horrible to watch. And then when they like stop doing that shit and just like take their penises out of their underwear <laughs> and, start, and start playing basketball, like it's fucking cool. Like when Harden got that steal and he had the two on one on the break, but then he just like threw it behind himself to Chris Paul. Like, yeah. That wasn't Daryl Morey. That was basketball. That was like dude balling out. Yeah, a lot of what the Rockets do actually reminds me of like early 2000s super sabermetric baseball where, you know, it's like, oh, it's great. They've uh, they've got this team that's just super patient at the plate <laughs> and doesn't care about striking out. And then you end up with these, I mean, I'm specifically thinking of the early 2000s Oakland A's. Where, like, suddenly when you don't have, you know, you, you end up facing a lot of, like, ninth and tenth pitchers during the regular season. And they will walk you a lot and give up home runs. But then that approach when you get to, like, really elite players in the postseason just doesn't work at all. No. It doesn't. You have to, like, you can't be thinking in those terms when it gets down to that to that moment. You have to be, yeah. you have to be a fucking uh, theatrical... Superhero type. Yeah. You got uh, to be Iron Man. You got to be Spider-Man. You got to be Goku. Goku? got to be a... <laughs> I don't know. Who I, the, uh, uh, that's sure. Dragon Ball Z, right? I know, like yeah, that. that is Dragon Ball Z. It's, I, just, okay. I was just surprised uh, that you referenced Goku. Uh, uh, don't be surprised. I mean, okay. I know who that is. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Um, so a couple questions <clears throat> about tonight's game. Uh, number one, why doesn't Mike D'Antoni just start Eric Gordon already? Um, yeah, I mean, I... he's got to have that. He's got to have the weapon to turn to, you know? He has it. That's... It's Gerald Green, baby. Yeah, who else it might be? Uh, seven-time All-Star and future Hall of Famer Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson couldn't play like eight minutes when Sean <laughs> Livingston's in the game. So he would start instead of Capella, is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't. I think Capella has <laughs> mostly been uh, kind of played off the court by the Warriors at yeah, least a lot of the time. It's, it's tough for any any center to really play in this series. I don't know if you consider Kevin Looney, uh, Kevon Looney a center. I don't really. Um, no. I mean, he's like, by dunked on standards, he's a center, but no, he's a power forward. He's like 6'8". Let's talk more about dunked on standards. Yeah. Okay, what is so the, my, what, one, oh. of my favorite, one of my favorite things that happened, uh, so they had the draft combine in Chicago last yeah. week. And uh, the, one of the big things is that DeAndre Ayton from Arizona, uh, you know, he's like seven feet tall. He's like 240. And he had a 43 and a half inch vertical leap. Uh, and Nate Duncan is famously furious about the inaccuracy of the uh, vertical <laughs> leap at what is it? it? Joey, is it the 
2016 Combine? It's whichever no, it's one the, Pat Connaughton was at. <laughs> so Pat Connaughton <laughs> of the Blazers got, like, a record, or at least it was the number one. They clocked him. No, it was the most ever. They clocked him in, like, a 47 or 48-inch vertical leap. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, and... <laughs> and it is it it comes up more regularly on Dunked On than you could ever imagine. My God, where Nate uh, Duncan's like, it's not a big deal, but they should have gotten it right. Sorry, forty-four. Well, he re- apparently Pat Connaughton has a forty-four inch vertical leap, but Nate Duncan claims that they measured wrong. He thinks that they measured wrong. He, oh well, <laughs> I, Pat Connaughton can jump. Yes. We've seen it in basketball games before. Um, he uh, is better known as a white pat, so we call him white pat. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of like, yeah, that's the white pat's pretty good, I guess. Is it's that a, white... a Corbin Smith original? It is a Corbin Smith original. Yeah, it's a good name. I like to like to imagine. Um, uh, Trailblazers local play-by-play guy Kevin Calabro just screams, <laughs> calling calling the game. Connaughton gets a dunk, and he's just like, "White Pat." <laughs> that reminds me, you mentioning uh, Corbin Smith of Take It or Break It fame. Uh, I didn't really introduce you, John. John Wilms, you're a writer for Real GM, and you're a you're a regular on the Take It or Break It podcast with Corbin Smith, and also Sean Keen is here. Anyway, continue, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like us on Facebook. Uh, yeah, rate like review. It. Like it on Facebook for sure. Um, Sean and I watched a bit of a a thing that we were going to discuss today, didn't we? Yeah. Do you want to get to that? We could just get to that now. I think actually. I think that it's it's something we should talk about. Yeah. Okay. So. Apparently, a couple months ago, the Lakers do something that they call uh, genius talks, where they bring in someone to talk to the team, and it it really kind of looks like um, like a college lecture hall. Um, anyway, they brought in Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, to to do it, um, and there's a lot of very weird things about it. Um, for one, what The Rock is wearing. He's wearing it's... a shirt or shirt that makes his nipples incredibly visible. Yeah. The yeah. Rock is cooking something in this video, <laughs> and it is giant nipples. That is what The Rock is cooking. He's cooking so uh, And they're they, like the shirt is distractingly tight. Like you can see that he's really muscular, but I feel like it's not very flattering all the same. No, it looks like he should be wearing a different shirt. Yeah, or a it's... bra. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of makes it seem like having the Rock's body is somewhat of a nightmare. Actually, yes, it does. Like seem that he that. he has to be so cartoonishly large and strong. Um, well, as okay, so... before you get into this, Sean, I just want to yeah. point out that Round Ball Rock sides heavily with team vin diesel in the vin diesel versus the rock fast and the furious fight uh, mm-hmm. i'm declaring it right now we're part of the toretto family we're pro we're pro vin diesel and anti-candy asses all right now continue talking about the rock 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> not, I'm going to say we we are not going so far as to be pro Tyrese, but uh, we believe in the family. Yeah, um, it's, it's this whole thing seems very much an extension of the like Kobe Bryant bullshit, right? Like Kobe Bryant, yeah. like like bullshit thought leadership nonsense, and it's it's clear this mom mama mentality bullshit has poisoned the organization. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a forever kind of poisoning, um, but it, it's going to take a while for them to get it out. They need to get rid of a generation of a fan base, I think, to get the poison <laughs> out. Yeah, it's insanity. They even And so the funniest part about the whole thing is in the beginning, probably, when Rob Palenka, uh, the Lakers general manager, introduces The Rock. Why don't of- we... Why don't we drop that introduction in right here? Okay. We? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Great. We call these Lakers genius talks, Dwayne, and it's great. um, it was kind of inspired uh, by guys like Magic and Kobe who had a curiosity in life for things outside of just basketball. Yeah. And I remember just a really quick story. There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden, and he had just seen The Dark Knight. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger because he got so locked into that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. And so he had dinner with Heath and he talked about how he locks in for a role and Kobe mm. used some of that in his game Great. against the Knicks in terms yeah. of mental preparation. Here's now, the problem with that. <laughs> there's, uh, there's... <laughs> as I'm sure most people know, uh, Heath Ledger was dead by the time the Dark Knight was out. He died. He died about six months before it came out. Yeah. And like, so, so are we supposed to understand that either Kobe Bryant gets to watch Hollywood blockbusters a full year early, or no, they, they weren't even done making it yet when he died? Yeah. No. No, they had to like. That's why the ending of that movie is so weird. Because you know, like. I don't think they necessarily planned for the Joker to like disappear from the movie for 25 minutes. Uh, anyway, but anyway, so that why story's does, a why lie. Is Rob Pelinka, why is Rob Pelinka telling that story about yeah. something that's that's just very false? Uh, I wonder if Rob Pelinka also... <laughs> knows that Heath Ledger's dead. He's oh yeah, he's a big fan. Kobe Kobe talks to him a lot actually. <laughs> Keith called him up after Kobe won the Oscar. Um, but I, I, the, but also the whole point of the story is just, uh, and now you're talking to a different famous person. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like as we oh, all Kobe know, The Rock is the Heath Ledger of our times. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's so it's such a funny like sort of implicit. Um, concession that they're making because just like hey we're not we're not good anymore but hey it's still Hollywood man like we can still get famous people in here so yeah check it out uh, this was this was something Kobe was into I mean he was <laughs> he's a weirdo but uh, yeah and then the rock comes out and hold, hold on before we get to the rock, oh, yeah go ahead <laughs> Yes. I want to say real quick that Heath Ledger doesn't even give the most Mamba mentality performance in The Dark Knight. 
He gives like a Shaq performance. But the Kobe Bryant of the Dark Knight is clearly Nicky Cat in that one scene. Oh my god. (laughs) Where he's just like, I'm shooting all the shots in my 10 minutes here. (laughs) That's a, it's like a Ricky Davis performance, right? Like, like there's no point when he's not on camera. And there's some points when Nicky Cat's really just going, woo! Like, (laughs) he's like saying things that should be jokes but are not jokes he's like hope you got moves big guy pause for (laughs) laugh pause for laugh (laughs) whoa what's going on over there pause for laugh pause for laugh whoa it's the batman all right pause for laugh (laughs) uh what do you think what do you think christian bale's performance is in that movie uh, yeah, what's the, it's like Carl Malone that one year on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like one fatal thing he committed to early in the run. Probably wished he could take it back, but uh, yeah, the Dark Knight is noted for um, when what? they all forget that Christian Bale's going to have to say like whole paragraphs in his Batman voice. <laughs> oh, we for we shouldn't have had him talking like this all the time well and then of course there's that scene where he uh where he confronts the scarecrow in the um in in the parking garage and then he's like i'm hunting for little mexican girls yeah that's weird that he the fatal flaw of that performance honestly yeah i was reading about Uh, that carl malone lakers season recently yeah, I wasn't very old when it happened, or very attentive, and uh, it was way more fucked up than I realized. Yeah, super fucked up. You should probably read that book, Wilms. There's a whole book about it. Yeah, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson wrote, wrote a, a tattletale book, book about it. So he wrote about and that. And he season. really rips Kobe pretty hard. And well, it was, yet is his coach again like two years later. It was the season after Kobe's trial. No, it's the season during his. Oh, oh. The season. The yeah, trial it's the season. Season. yeah, yeah, it's the trial season. Yeah. And they were adding Carl, Mal- a beleaguered Carl Malone, and Gary, and Gary Payton. Payton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things in that book is that uh, they're playing the Pistons, and uh, they go down two one, and they're they have two more games in Detroit, and uh, <laughs> Rick Fox and Derek Fisher. Uh, and Kobe come to Phil Jackson and are like, we think you should start that lineup, like that that classic lineup that won the championships. You know, that could bring us back. And Phil Jackson just like laughs and is like, no way. Like, Rick Fox, you suck now. It's a, it's a pretty great moment where <laughs> this Dude. sentimental decision, he's like, no, no, Gary Payton's way better than you, Derek Fisher, <laughs> even though he's old. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, Sean. Well, I, you, oh, go that. ahead, Wilms. No, I was going to say I, I got to read that. Oh, yeah. It's 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 really trashy and good. Uh, all right, Sean, I mean, walk really us through obnoxious. this rock yeah. speech. <laughs> okay. So the rock shows up uh, wearing the nipple-tastic shirt uh, and immediately announces uh, that he has not prepared anything for the talk. Uh, meanwhile, what? uh, 
You mean the rock? He just goes, ah. Hasn't He's written like, I'm anything? the rock. I can, I can just speak extemporaneously here. Yeah, this is this is also, I think, part of what the conflict is in the Fast and the Furious, by the way. That the rock's like, yeah, I got this. I'm just going to act like the rock. and like, Like, you can tell the rock is maybe not super good at improv because of how many of his, like, movie ad libs are just like, I'm going to shove something up your ass. Uh, anyway, so he's he's giving the speech, and he starts to first give the Lakers a speech about how they can be anything they want to be, which is, like, a weird thing to say to, like, a, a 20-year-old millionaire NBA player. Like, no, no, like, follow your dreams. It's like, no, we... we we achieved our dreams, and one of the things he says. Well, to be is fair, that, it's possible yeah. he thought Isaiah Thomas was a child. Oh, that's okay. That's that. That might have been what he thought was happening. Hold on, Sean. Yeah, and he was like, "I think Wilms might have dropped off." Hold on. No, I'm here. Okay, never mind. Is there? Yeah. Sorry. Um. Sorry. So he he at one point like suggests that they could be on Inside the NBA, but he clearly doesn't know what the show is. He's like, "You could be." On, you could do you could do Charles, you could do Shaq. Like, anyway, it kind of sounds like he's saying he you could fuck the panel of Inside the NBA rather than be on it. Um, he tells a story about being poor as a child, and he says he was kicked out of Hawaii. Like his family was. Yeah. It sounds like he says he was kicked off the island entirely. Right. Which I seems guess that could like, happen. But... Seems like hyperbolic, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he was kicked off a wave or a beach. Yeah, that makes more sense. They do that in Hawaii. Yeah, uh, and he ends up in Memphis, and then he uh, he decides that everybody needs to find what their anchor is. <laughs> and he says, the motherfucking, the fucking anchor for me is waking up every day at 4 a.m. and deciding no one can outwork me. I love and respect you guys. A weird thing to say to this Laker team we just met. Mother, you motherfuckers won't outwork me. And that seems to be the message of his speech is like, get up at four in the morning and lift weights. Right? That was kind of what I took from it. Yeah, he's he's a pretty shitty motivational speaker, I have to say. He also is a very unconvincing um, user of profanity. Every time, like every time... <laughs> Every time he said fuck, I just, like, didn't feel it. I didn't believe him. It was, like, it was very much an affectation. Like, oh, you fucking guys, fucking dudes, bros, you know what I mean? Look at these nips. (laughs) Okay, so I have a question about this speech for you guys. Yes. Uh, Which Laker do you think was most inspired by it? Probably Lonzo. Um, Yeah, I also think it was Lonzo because he's used to, like, a muscle man screaming at him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like secretly basic, Lonzo. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is very visibly not into it. He he's like slumped down. He has the hood on his hooded sweatshirt up. He's like maybe trying to secretly sleep. Well, that was going to be my next question, which is which Laker do you think hated it the most? I think that Brandon Ingram is obvious there, but uh, I could also say probably Luol Deng just because he hates everything, <laughs> everything that goes on You're there. He probably, he probably wasn't even invited. 
They, he was just running on a treadmill in the back. For yeah, some I reason. was like just assuming he wasn't even there. Yeah, do you think Rob? What if Polink is like, no, you're getting paid. You have to go to all team functions. Do you think that, like, in general, the team gave a shit about seeing The Rock? No. I don't yeah. think so. I bet Brooke Lopez did. Because he was like, oh my god, it's it's my favorite guy from Moana. My favorite movie. <laughs> oh, it's the Tooth Fairy. Oh my god. I wonder if uh, Brooke Lopez likes <laughs> Moana as much as Jordan Peterson does. I think he likes it more, dude. Really? Yeah. I don't know, Lopez and... cartoons, no one, no one beats he him. He has a house. Just to mention it again, has a house on the grounds of Walt Disney World in Florida. He does. Oh yeah, yeah dude. I thought that was a joke. Nope. Nope. No. Can you even do that? Brooke Lopez uh, did, dude. I guess he got bummed out because the Lakers did like. I think that I think Luke Walton made them practice on their day between their uh, their game with like Orlando and their game with the Heat, and so for some reason Brooke could not visit his Walt Disney World house mid season this year. He was kind of bummed out. My God. <laughs> yes. So uh, by the way, David Fisdale was at Tokyo Disney this week, so he might be trying to recruit a Lopez brother. I think that Dave, David Fisdale and his wife are, are really into that corny shit. Because I was doing... Somebody was telling me that he has like a... Maybe it was even you guys talking about how he has like an attractive wife. Um, was it you guys? Uh, we've mentioned that before, yeah. She's... But she's also... Um, I think her job is she works at a marketing firm. Or she has her own marketing firm. So they go to a lot of public events and stuff too. Just... Uh, yeah, because she puts together stuff like that. Yeah, they were just like I saw more than one photo of them in sort of like very corny, very corny like outfits, right? Like here's one I'm seeing one of her right now dressed up as like I'm honestly not even it might not even be that politically correct of an outfit, dressed up like a a Native American with like a feather popping out of her hair. And then here's <laughs> and here's one where he's like Indiana Jones, Fizdale's like Indiana Jones, and she's like Lara Croft. Um, oh, I you know, think that well, one they wore to LeBron's Halloween party. That's the thing. Like, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of it's hard to tell what's like real, genuine adult Halloween enthusiasm because of that LeBron. Because LeBron is so into Halloween. He's a big Halloween boy. He's not as into it as Paul Pierce, though. Uh, I think. Well, it's a different into it. <laughs> you know, we're like. Paul Pierce is into it for his kids, where, like, LeBron is, like, making everyone else his kids. Like, and having, he's like... He's the... Right. You know what I mean? Where, he's, where he's, he's like... Yeah, Joey. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. LeBron doesn't dress up at his Halloween party. He just makes everyone else do it. He's just infantilizing all of the company. <laughs> Oh Man, Kevin Love has to be so excited to not play with him anymore. He gets <laughs> no credit for actually being pretty good in this whole series, too. Yeah. He's been pretty good just, like, you know, in general for well, a long we, time. 
we should probably talk about that series, I guess. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only real thing I want to say about the rock thing, just look it up and watch it. He pounds a wall for no reason. I kind of a rem- sad story about Warren Sepp stealing his job. Oh yeah. He he kind of when he's doing the thing with the wall, it kind of reminded me of that sequence from The Master when Joaquin Phoenix just keeps walking into the window over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought there was going to be some weird like quasi-religious metaphor and yeah. i guess it kind of was like <laughs> basically just like the protestant work ethic um but he was like like literally like pushing his back up against the wall during his speech in a way that was like it wasn't working you know like i think he thought <laughs> that it was like it was cool and it was like it was like gusto but it was just like just kind of weird just kind of awkward i wonder if it was made of material that was not as solid as he imagined you know what I mean? Like it could it felt like it might have been one of those sort of like temporary walls you'll see in like a hotel ballroom, you know, that just slide in. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I would actually knock down the wall of the film room if I if I really committed to this. Yeah. Yeah, all around, poorly planned, poorly executed. Well, one last question, <laughs> Wilms, is uh you're yeah. a you're a professor. Yeah. Uh were the Lakers more or less attentive to the rock than your classes are generally to you? Um, probably equal. <laughs> like some people, you know, everybody was generally making the effort to appear attentive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you got some closer views of the faces, you could see that some were phased out while some were engaged. Do you have any yeah. notes on for the rock in keeping people engaged? Um, you know, call, call, getting them involved, like calling calling out their names. Hey, Lonzo, what do you think about this? And then you punch the wall, right? Yeah, punch the wall. <laughs> um, you got to have some sort of like trap door in the ceiling, and you pull a string, and then like confetti falls out, um, <laughs> something like that. You know, yeah. hey, so be like, hey, Brooke, hey, I mean, here's the thing: if you have a a student who is eager to talk and be involved, you gotta milk that shit. So he's got Brooke Lopez in the audience. He should just yeah. be getting him on his nerd soapbox like <laughs> over and over again. Like make that work. But then of course the whole team would probably resent that because they've probably had to hear that shit all season. But like you you tell a story about the set of Jumanji that's about Kevin Hart. Like everyone can get behind right. that, right? Yeah, see there you go. He should he should utilize more of his gold. He's telling his fucking like his fucking origin story. Nobody gives a shit about The Rock's origins. Nobody wants to think they're like it. they're like, oh, you got cut from a professional team. That's never happened to me. Yeah, I'm I was the second pick in the NBA draft. That I, will never happen to me. Brandon Ingram is is way too sophisticated for this shit. He's like a he's like a weird cerebral dude. I think he, he probably just thinks that everybody's a philistine on the Lakers. It also almost feels like The Rock is transitioning into being a star for children. Oh, yeah. I mean, he kind of always has been, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't like, know. Even, like wrestling fans, they're basically Sean, children. Sean, have, right? uh, have you seen the trailer for Skyscraper, dude? Yeah, that's adults only. Yeah. PG-13. He beats up a man with his prosthetic leg. 
I feel that like happened. they didn't. Yeah, that happens like in they... the trailer, dude. Are you going to see Skyscraper? Me? 100%. Day <laughs> of. Midnight. Thursday night, baby. <laughs> Die hard, but the building's on fire and the rock has one leg? Yeah, I'm in. What the fuck? Of course. Yeah, I think I'm going to be seeing the movie Skyscraper as well. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you describe it so so plainly, it sounds it's it's just sounds like a very well designed uh, piece of culture. Well, it's I... it seems like it's gonna be like Die Hard if Bruce Willis had had to also break into the Nakatomi Towers, and also really stupid. Yeah, also even dumber. Yeah, it's gonna rule. Um, okay. One last uh, question. Boston? No, oh, yeah, one sure. last question. Just one more. Was Luke Walton spent? Did Luke Walton spend that entire talk outside in the parking lot smoking weed? Uh, I think he did. Yes. So do I. I. I'm willing to bet the same. Yeah, I think that that's probably likely. <laughs> he just like cranked up like Santeria by Sublime. Yeah, he put <laughs> he put it on repeat. <laughs> And, and then anytime, if anybody walked up to him during that session, he explained the song to them as if they had no idea what it was. <laughs> he it's was like, like really, did you know this really dude died? Fuck <laughs> 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 that story, bro. Uh, um, okay, what do you think the ratio of text sent to, like, like, what is the texting ratio between Richard Jefferson and Luke Walton? Like college best friends, but now I feel like it's like four to one Jefferson. Hmm. I have to think about that more. I, I feel like it, Jefferson, Jefferson's too a little too high energy. I think for Walton at this point, he seems like a very like, you know, peppy guy. Yeah, I think he's. I think Luke Walton is picking and choosing when to reply to a Richard Jefferson text message. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Now the flip side is maybe Luke Walton uh, like likes to share his theories when he's high. Do you think that when um, <clears throat> Richard Jefferson hangs out with his best friend Channing Fry that, and they have a few drinks, that he starts telling Channing that he's the new Luke? <laughs> See, I think Luke, I I don't think Richard would do that to Channing, only because Channing wants to be the new Luke so bad. Like, he also went to Arizona, but he's behind them, Uh, he's younger. It's like little brother stuff, you know what I mean? I think that Richard's gotten sentimental and drunk enough at least a couple times to say that shit, though. So, like, like, you should be a coach, Channing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you should coach the Channing. You should coach the Lakers. Man, one thing that kind of bones me out about uh, the way the salary cap works is sometimes you just you end up with a guy like Channing Fry, who should have just been on the Blazers like his entire career, but just because he was so convenient in like trade moves and stuff, but he he just loved Portland so much, and he was like a good fit there. But it's just too bad. I feel like he should have been like a blazer for life. He's like the Jason Bateman of the NBA. 
<laughs> like everyone's kind of pulling for him, and yeah, uh, just kind of fits everywhere. Yeah, and being drafted by the uh, Isaiah Thomas Knicks is also like being in Teen Wolf Two. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's talk about this Cavs Celtics series. Uh, well, is there is there another thing that we could talk about? <laughs> um. Do you want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, I do want to talk about that. I also want to talk about uh, Kevin Durant's uh, increasingly um, thirsty portrayal of himself as an investor. Oh yeah, on billions. Oh. He was on Billions, and then he had a, a Darren Rovell like fluff piece today. Oh no, I didn't see that. Oh. It's really dumb. Well, that's why the Warriors lost tonight. I think that that's definitely the reason they lost tonight. I mean, it's like terrible karma. Speaking of terrible karma, the one thing I did want to mention about Cavs Celtics is um, so after Game Two, uh. Kobe Bryant did one of his detail videos about Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were, and ABC talks about it all the time. God, that broadcasting is so bad. Like they're they're (laughs) worse than ever this year. They were bad before. It's fucking horrible, dude. Yeah, and the fact that they have to hype that Kobe thing and uh, Jeff Van Gundy talks about Steph Curry all the time, like in the third quarter of every game, he's like. I don't know if he's hurt. Like, if he's playing bad, like making the exact same point at like in a in a series, Steph Curry's not playing in. Oh, that's just terrible. Anyway, Jason Tatum said he watched the Kobe Bryant piece at least twenty five times, and since then he is poetically uh, a negative twenty five in plus minus. Wait, Jason, I thought that that was a joke when somebody no, said he li- that. Uh, he he. I literally counted it up, and when I first posted it. Uh, his negative twenty. Oh wait, a joke that he'd actually watched it that many times, or a joke yeah. that he was that bad? No, he actually watched it that many he times. He said he watched it that many times. Yeah. Mike Breen what? repeated that like five times in Game oh Three and Four. God. I've like, I've, I've like phased those guys out so much. I don't even. <laughs> it's like Charlie, Charlie Brown's parents on the phone when when I'm watching a broadcast. They're just like, bra 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 bra. Um, and and they don't even um. They don't even really uh, give any information, even if you were listening. Like they don't, they no. don't even bother to tell you when people check in and out of the game because they're they're arguing about something. Yeah, it's this thing where they like. I think that maybe this used to, f- if it would fly more with like a, a demographic that they're not really broadcasting to at this point, which is just like aggrieved, like older white men, you know. Who are like have kids and they have to like spend all their money on sending them in college and shit. And they just love to hear other aggrieved men just like whine about shit. But I don't really think that's who watches the NBA. And so it just pisses everyone off. Yeah, and it's it's got I mean, some of the bizarre things they did, like there were like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and there was some not very controversial foul call at all. And Mike Brand's like, well, let's call in Steve Javi. And it's like, let's not do that. It's a seven-point game right now. Let's – we don't need a weird, agoraphobic, retired referee, like, weighing in and just being like, eh, it's tough to make calls in the NBA. Like, he's almost always – his opinion's always like, eh. 
You kind know, of go either way. I would rather, but I would rather listen to him than either of the other two. Just, let's just let Steve Javi call that game from the cave. Yeah, why see what not? happens. <laughs> because even he would be like, "God, uh, Jeff Van Gundy really talks about flagrant fouls to an excessive degree," and <laughs> literally my entire job is to talk to you guys when they call a flagrant foul. And I feel, I feel like they've done some work to make the Steve Jabby set piece look less depressing and weird. I miss that yeah. sandwich, though. I miss yeah, that sandwich, sandwich so bad. Somebody gave him some notes. They're like, Steve, no more sandwiches in the frame. Steve, you can eat as many vending machine sandwiches as you want. You just can't have it in the shot, please. Where Where do you think Steve Jabby... Sean? Like, is he in New York? Do you they broke have to... up. You oh, broke sorry. up Can there. you hear me? Yeah, ask that question oh, sorry. again. Uh, where do you think Steve Javi is when they film those? Like, is he in New York? Do they make him go to Bristol? It would be so funny if they made him go to Bristol. See, I assume those. he's actually in Secaucus. Oh. Like, oh, in that room. Secaucus, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of Bristol, um... I saw some clip, some older clip going around, like, last, it was the game after J.R. Smith, like, shoved Al Horford, right? Sure. Which was, which was obviously whack. I mean, don't, like, don't do that, you know? Um, that's a classic don't do that kind of situation. Don't shove a guy in the air, you know? Um, but there was this older, and the reason that th- I'm saying that this is a, speaking of Bristol kind of things, because Woj is actually from Bristol, I learned. By yeah. looking by looking him yeah. up on get this Wikipedia. And uh, <laughs> and so but it was that's a very weird because I wanted to confirm that he was like from somewhere Hui Toy or Suburban or whatever. Um uh, because he somebody dug up this old uh clip of Woj's where he basically like rags on J.R. Smith for being a suburbs kid, right? So this is yeah. this is this is what he says. I'm going to read it. He says, he can make it sound so sincere, but the con never ends. J.R. Smith was raised in a suburban middle-class home with two good parents and access to an excellent education. He had a tremendous high school coaching mentor, Dan Hurley at St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, New Jersey, and he has been taught the difference of right and wrong. Smith's always loved to play the part of a tough city kid, but truth be told, he's a soft, spoiled suburban jump shooter. Well, there's a story behind that, which is Woj wrote a book about J.R. Smith's high school team when J.R. Smith was in high school. That, oh, that was that Saint like the Benedict miracle team. at St. Anthony's or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah, it's something like that. I just find it hilarious that Woj is like playing tough guy like when, when oh. in fact he's like the same. <laughs> well, he, he liked to do that to LeBron too, and I figure it was – I think LeBron just never gave him access. Is that right? Yeah, he couldn't get in. They wouldn't give him uh, the scoops. And I think, like, the decision was the last straw. And so that year, there are just so many anti-LeBron Woj hit pieces about, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers spoiled this guy like a brat. He let him get his entourage on the plane and, you know. Woj is from Woj is literally from Bristol. 
Yeah. He was raised. Re- he was raised in the Take Cauldron. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've heard that, that there's like nothing there except ESPN. Sounds terrible. I mean, even at ESPN, they were like, "Yeah, there's uh, there's one diner and there's a McDonald's." Uh, I just finished reading that oral history of ESPN, and my favorite part of it is that. Uh, Keith Olbermann, at some point when he was doing Sports Center, they wouldn't be off work until like 2 a.m. And Keith Olbermann has some kind of like head injury or something where he he like can't keep track of. He has no depth perception when he's moving faster than 10 miles an hour, so he can't drive. And there was a story about like the one car service in Bristol raised their rates and. Um, uh Keith Olbermann put up like flyers all over uh, promising that he would pay, pay you $6.25 for a ride home at 2 a.m. Because I think that oh was God. the old car service price. And that sometimes like interns would drive him home and then they'd end up drinking beers in his living room and looking at his baseball cards. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Keith Olbermann uh, very like being like a self-assigned martyr and like taking that photo shoot of himself wrapped in American flag with a very serious face is like <laughs> it's like the funniest shit imagine. <laughs> well, he's like the meanest person who has the thinnest skin too. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I just hope someday that I, too, can film diatribes against uh, the government while st- while standing in a basement in front of two large sheets of construction paper for GQ magazine. That's, just, I, that's where I want my, the end of my career to end up. Gentlemen's quarterly, baby. <laughs> um, all right. Um. So do you guys want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, I think we pr- we could probably talk the, about that a little bit. The big cat. Uh, yeah. Deadspin doxed Andrew Wiggins this week. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, so Carl Anthony Towns, according to Brian Windhorst and Zach Lowe, uh, said that the Carl uh, Anthony Towns and the Wolves are, quote, not in a good place internally. Which, does that mean, like, IBS? Yes. I mean, they're all shitting. Um, yeah, just constantly. To the, to the point that their rectums are sore. Um, and he's like, I just gotta get out of here. They don't have yeah. enough... They don't have enough wet wipes on hand to... <laughs> to mitigate the process. They're not taking their fiber pills. Um, they're not They're not eating enough greens. It's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Thibodeau's got them on a, a, a fucking partially cooked ground beef diet exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just jerky and black coffee. Yeah. No, I've been. I mean, people have been saying this for a long, a long time that everybody on the Wolves just basically hates each other. Like, yeah. And, there's like an, uh... there's like an ageist there's like an ageist rift on the team. Like like Jimmy 
Butler and Taj Gibson and Jamal Crawford are like and Jeff on their Teague, own. of course. And, Je- and Jeff Teague, yeah, he's Jeff Teague is like probably the NBA player I most consistently forget exists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're on their own island, and then you know Wiggins and Towns, probably like Tyus Jones or whoever. But like nobody, nobody really likes Wiggins. I think, I think like generally the people think that he's, you know. He got this big contract, and he doesn't really work that hard. And that's the well, thing. The, that Jimmy Butler hates the most. He's like a Kobe work ethic psycho. He doesn't want anybody to not work as hard as he does. Yeah, apparently there's there was some conflict, I guess, because Jimmy Butler was always in, like, Towns and Wiggins' face about playing good defense, and, like, Todd Gibson's pretty solid defensively. But the reason why the Wolves had such a bad defense is that Jamal Crawford played like 22 minutes a game. Yeah, he's terrible. And and like he's he's so bad that it's like impossible to have a good defense. And it's like like well, especially Wiggins uh, and Towns are just like your best friend is the shittiest defensive player in the NBA. Like yeah. like like Jimmy Butler still loves Derrick Rose and no, they hate each other. And Jamal Crawford, yeah. Wait, Rose, did Jimmy oh, Butler and Derrick Rose hate each other? Yeah, they definitely what? hate each other. Back from the Bulls, baby. Yeah. But is but is Jimmy Butler like still siding with him versus Town? Like, why are they going to bring Derrick Rose back next year? Are they going to? I'm sure they are. Yeah. God, well, he'll hate him at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like not a lot of love. It just seems like if I were Towns, I would be pissed off at Jimmy Butler yelling at me all the time. And also, uh, not really getting the ball. Like, like post him up. He's great. Yeah, it's it's a terrible. <laughs> He's really really good. I but yeah, to me this says there's no way they can trade him, right? Towns. Yeah. No, I don't think they'll trade him or Butler. I don't know how there's any way to get fair value for Carl Anthony Towns, who's like. 22 right now yeah he's very good um (laughs) he's not that good at defense though no maybe he would be if he wasn't like completely pissed off at the situation he was in though seems like he got a lot better red deep there's this there there's uh there's also an idea that um Embiid's twitter actually shamed him into playing better defense because Embiid was like really ragging on him. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool for sure. Uh, I love it when Embiid does that. Um, and then of course, Carl Towns took the picture of um, himself in a Suns jersey. Like, yeah, um... that was crazy. Also, he's been faving <laughs> tweets of people tr- of other NBA tr- players like wanting to trade for him, like specifically Devin Booker. <laughs> Like crazy, yeah. Those guys have it have it bad for each other. They got a they got a serious bromance going on, dude. You that ever, team, guys... if if Booker and Town like if if Towns can't get along with Wiggins, there's he and Devin Booker will hate each other by like week two. I don't think that Towns has the problem with Wiggins though, or does he? Maybe I everybody. Think they all kind of hate Wiggins, right? I don't I mean, know I'm... that they I just know that, that the veterans were giving them shit. I don't know that Towns I think Towns maybe would like 
to to be able to shoot the ball more. The veterans think that Towns is soft too. They think that he's like just just in it for the numbers or whatever, and he's just kind of soft. That's what they think. Hmm. Well, those guys are just, very very old. Which is weirdly enough what my father thinks about me. <laughs> no, it's not true. He's not really like that. It's funny to say though. Um, yeah, they are old. Well, I mean, Jimmy's not old. Crawford is old. Taj uh, is Gibson's old, too. old. Taj is old. Jeff Teague was born to at like the age of thirty. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a yeah. He's definitely an old man type. Thibodeau that team doesn't the, make any sense, dude. Thibodeau's the absolute worst person to try to manage this too. Like the emotional intelligence, the requirement of like emotional intelligence that you should have to meet to run an NBA team, um, particularly one with conflicted personalities. It's just something that Thibodeau doesn't have at all. At all, not at all. Well, and he's also now doesn't have a boss either. I no. could see him really fucking this up. I could see it getting really dumb. Like he's gonna trade towns for Luol Deng. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that the. I think that actually, the worst thing that could happen might be what is going to happen, which is that nothing really happens, and they just they just grow to resent each other more and more yeah. and more. Well, and there was also some some. I guess I guess Thibodeau fired uh, Towns's. The, the development coach that works with Towns and people think it was because Thibodeau wanted to strengthen their bond by removing other people he cared about. Mm, oh my god, that's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> that's like some that's like some fox hunter shit. <laughs> it's like what they do in cults. Yeah. It's fucking fucking Rajneesh over here. That's like some real like, hey, uh, come over to my house. Like some people are coming over, but that person did not invite anyone else. It's yeah. just you, <laughs> dude. Like if you get, if you make somebody the coach and general manager of your team, there's like literally almost no difference between that and just being like, here's a cult. Like do, <laughs> do a cult now. Like you get. To, you get to lead. I'll fund it, and I'll just go over here, and you can, you know, form your cult however you like. <laughs> and that's what that's what Tom Thibodeau has been given the green light to do in Minnesota. So I mean, they have a they have a terrible terrible owner, and he's very very old. <laughs> he has no idea what's going on. I'm pretty sure. When, yeah, when he, he did he did do that uh, crypto racist stuff with Wiggins this this summer. Really? Oh, yeah, like, he wouldn't made let. Him... <laughs> he, he made Wiggins meet with him and promised to work hard before he'd sign. Let him sign the max contract. He was like, That's... "I want him to look me in the eye and promise that he'll work hard." That doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how. That's not how I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's got to be there's got to be a better way man <laughs> I wonder if that's like written down somewhere in the contract he and he then promised 
All I know is Wolves fans are already <laughs> so miserable because Thibodeau traded Ricky Rubio. Uh, yeah. And it just does not look like it's things. You'd think the fact that they made the playoffs for the first time since Kevin Garnett left, things yeah. would be looking up, but they are not. They certainly aren't. Like, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs again, honestly. I mean, I it just think... is. Butler's going to get hurt again because he plays way too many minutes and works too hard. Like, well, he they... works too hard. I guess they might actually sign, like, a wing player who could actually play. And, like, you know, they won't have Shabazz Muhammad playing. Um, but it's just, it's very weird there, like, how much they've got committed to big men on this team. And that they don't have, like, any... They just have Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah, if they could get anybody to come, that would be really helpful. Okay. They, uh, should, they should get Kobe to come out of retirement. I mean, could they trade, like... He's too busy editing details, go- dude. <laughs> Kobe's yeah. not coming out of retirement. He's He's... He's sitting in front of Final Cut Pro, just hacking away, dude. What do you think? (laughs) Could could Minnesota get, like, Josh Hart if they traded Gorgie Jang for Luol Dang? Is that somebody who does things, Josh Hart? He's just, like... pretty good this year, right? I would just think you'd, you'd need some incentive to the Wolves to take Luol Dang off the hands of the Lakers. But yeah, the Lakers aren't but... going to do that. They don't want to commit the money to <laughs> Gorgie Jang. Well, you would cut, you'd, you'd lose the, uh, you'd, you'd dump the Dang salary, though. So you'd save, like, some money, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's long, the Gorgie contract Oh, it's one so more long. year, right? It's one more year than Jang. Okay. You guys read that thing, right, about Luol Dang just, like, literally, like, on a treadmill um, during games? Like, he's, like, watching the game. He's at the stadium, but he's not with the team. He's in his own weird, like, chamber in the stadium. <laughs> Watch, like, watching the game on a TV screen, but, like, running on a treadmill while the game is playing so that he can, like, live within some sort of weird simulated version of the game. It's, it's yeah. like, uh, well, he's eventually some team is going to get him back. He's either going to get a buyout, and then he's going to come out, and it's going to be just like old boy. He was living old boy, literally, in that stadium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then who who's the bad man who he has to kill? As Magic old, old... Johnson. Yeah, he has to kill. <laughs> oh, my kill. God. He has to kill Magic Johnson, of course. Magic Johnson did, like, talk shit about him, like, during a press conference. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Somebody, like, asked a question about Luo Zhang, and he was like, pa! He was just like, what a piece of garbage, that man. You I mean, know that's what? Not what, it's not what he actually said, but it was something pretty, pretty offensive. Lou Alden could definitely help some of these teams in the playoffs right now, too. Like, as the a fact, four off the bench, for sure. The fact that he's not ar- even around the team at all makes me wonder if that's true. <laughs> like, maybe he's just so uber-washed. He just, like, can't, can't move. He was but so like good in for like the heat that got him that contract though. 
That's true. As he of was stretch four. God, I forgot he was on the. Heels. I mean that that contract was completely insane, though. It was completely that, insane. That made no no sense whatsoever. Dude, it's crazy the the collapse of the Thib- the Thibodeau Bulls. Um, that both Dang and Joakim Noah are on these massive contracts, and both not even with their teams. Yeah, their teams just want them gone. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both paying them a fucking lot of money to just not be around at all. And then, of course, we have Derrick Rose, uh, another another form of decay going on there. Uh, and then, uh, to me, it was that... moral and physical. Like, <laughs> yeah, his soul didn't survive Thibodeau. It's a it's a truly versatile decay. Um, and uh, the saddest of all to me is the much overlooked uh, decay of Ben Gordon, who hasn't been in the league for a couple of years, but moral decay there. Too. Well, he's more like oh, yeah. mental decay. Like he like lost his yeah. mind, right? Yeah. I mean, he lost his mind. He pulled a knife on his landlord, right? Yeah. He's done, he's done a lot of weird things. I um, will tell you guys about some of them when we're not recording. Oh, <laughs> I, so uh, our Patreon subscribers can enjoy yeah. uh, John Wilms Uncensored. And uh, there's like favorite there's, stories about Ben Gordon, a couple stories about uh, Chris Duhon. Yeah, Chris Chris Duhon um, murdering for sport, of course. Yeah. Well that's what that's what they teach you at Duke. Coach K uh, after your after your first practice, he, he takes all the freshmen out into a field and um you know, and then he just opens the sewer in the middle of the field, and uh, these these poor poor people that Coach K has had trapped in the sewer just crawl out. He he instructs the freshmen to murder them, and uh, if they don't, then Coach K murders them himself yeah. with, his, with his bare hands. I heard that's what happened to Jaleel Okafor. Like he he couldn't really commit to basketball anymore once he'd. Once he felt saw the that. thrill of well, no. Once once he'd felt the thrill of taking a human life, like winning right. a basketball game, didn't even like make his heart move faster anymore. That's why he's so bored. Maybe that's maybe that's what happened to Andrew Bynum too. Maybe he just like went on one of those Duke murdering sessions <laughs> and, and got bored bored with basketball. <laughs> Which finals did he go to wearing his own jersey? It was Warriors Cavs, dude. And he yeah, was but wearing like, the Cavs Bynum jersey. It was the 15 one. The okay. first one. Corbin used to toss around a theory that um, uh, Bynum ruined Roy Hibbert by convincing him that basketball is lame. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, dude, you're too smart for this. It's stupid. <laughs> Everybody doing this is an idiot, man. It kind of sounds like from hearing uh, stories from guys that used to be on the Spurs that the Spurs may have been like intentionally drafting guys who were into role playing games and stuff just to keep Duncan engaged. Like, like it kind of made no sense that they had Richard Jefferson for three years, but it turns out that that he and Tim Duncan always played like online games together. I wonder if that's really? all it was. That... Did they play like real time strategies? Uh, I don't, I don't know, but like a bunch of dudes on the Spurs, like 
Duncan would be organizing them to play these games. Uh, I think like they like Fry also into online games. I think they like like uh, XCOM and like games like that, like uh, and like uh, League of Legends. Yeah, Man, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I don't even know what that shit is. Yeah, I feel no, so shit, dude. I feel so cool when I don't know what that shit is. <laughs> like I just like I feel so much more attractive now than I did before I heard what that was. Um, all right, Sean, is there anything else we should talk about? John, is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, the, well, the, we could, I don't know. Do you care about the all rookie team? Yeah. You want to talk my about boy, the all rookie team? All right. My boy, my boy, Lowry Markinen is on there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the prize of the Jimmy Butler trade. It sounds like these were announced and they don't have positions. So in order of voting, it was Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. A little bit of a surprise. Fourth place was the Coos dog, Kyle Kuzma. And then uh, Lowry. Second team was Dennis. I do think, by the way, before we get to the second team, uh, Celtics fans complaining that Jason Tatum wasn't a unanimous first team is like uh-huh. my favorite fucking shit ever. Fuck those guys. What? Well, also like complaining that Brad Stevens didn't get any coach of the year votes. Yeah. From the coaches. Yes. Yeah. Who fucking yeah. cares, man? Those people need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like your team is in the Eastern conference finals. Shut up. Just to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. It's fine. You're still watching your team play basketball. Just be quiet. I mean, it uh, is hilarious someone voted Josh Jackson first team over Jason Tatum, but... Yeah, uh, I, think that that's, I think that that's awesome. <laughs> um, I think that the Bulls won the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, I mean, they got a lot for him. I just It just sort of depends on... I mean, I kind of thought the perception of the Wolves winning was more just that Chris Dunn was really useless. And well, he seems like he's... the Bulls gave up that that pick is really what oh, they thought oh, the Wolves won. Oh, the 16. Won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was yeah, dumb. They only moved up nine spots in the draft. That's true. But also, it seems like um, Dunn might be a little better than he was getting credit for last year. Like, he yeah, seems he... like he's... He seems like he's, like... You know... It's not like he seems like a future all-star necessarily, but he seems like a pretty playable guy. At this I point. think he's, I think he's fucking dope personally. Uh, he's really good at being insane on the basketball court. It's my favorite type of player. Uh, his uh, teeth ended up lodged in the floor. Oh my god! Yeah, that was awful. Oh, but god, really was... badass. He had to yeah, wear. Yeah, that's blitz. like a scene from American History X. Yeah, dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's cool. He's not afraid to like fall, literally fall on his face. Um, and that was actually the end of the Bulls' like, like sort of horny horniness of the season. They had like won a tw- they had won like twelve games in a row, and they like the streak ended, but they were still winning most of their games for a while. Yeah. And then, and then they were ahead against the Warriors, and then he did that, and then they lost the game, and then they were just bad for a while. Well, and then I think like right after that is when they started benching guys, right? And they and they tried to mirror titch. Yeah, they got a warning from the league that they were like, "Hey, Robin, you got to start 
playing Robin Lopez. He's not. We know that he's not hurt. Um, the other thing that happened is like they they kind of just would start him and then take him out, and then they just kind of started resting him every other game again. And the league was like, "Eh, we don't care anymore." We don't care enough. You were you were subtle enough about it. You didn't do a pull of fucking full on Mark Cuban about it. So yeah. you you can have your fun. It's fine. Let him go to his fucking brother's Disney World house. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the second team was Dennis Smith Jr., Lonzo Ball, John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Josh Jackson. Uh. Is there anyone you guys feel like should have made it that did not? Feels to me like no. they got it pretty right. I think so. Yeah, it's only I would say it's notable of uh, the just the high picks who didn't make it. But I mean, obviously, Fultz wasn't gonna. Um, they should they should have thrown Fultz on there just for the just for the last lols the lols. <laughs> yeah. Just so just, wouldn't it be great if uh, he made the second team? Because um, a Boston sports writer voted him to the first team accidentally and meant to vote Tatum. Like, it was like a pop-up thing. He just got dragged on the internet. It's like, huh? Fultz is second team. Tatum was almost a unanimous first teamer. <laughs> Bill Simmons would have, like, I'm not even going to say anything, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to say anything. It's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh Somebody's getting somebody's yeah, getting somebody's a lot. Yeah, somebody's phone is blowing up. Sorry, not mine. Yeah, it's a bomb. Uh, you gotta you gotta get the rock to come and use. It's a skyscraper, baby. Yeah, that was the uh, the sound effect we just heard was the door of the skyscraper. Yeah, that, what happened after with the phone afterwards? Wait, wait, with the door opening? Yeah, there was yeah. like a lot of like, uh, it sounded like a lot of business going on. Oh, my, my roommate came home and opened the door. And oh, walked okay. in the room, so. He was he was opening the door to the skyscraper. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. John, is there anything else you would like to talk to going on in the NBA these days? Oh, I wanted to, well, do you want to talk about the players? I would like to talk about the player celebrations if we could. Uh, oh, I was gonna yeah. get to that last. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, I was asking John. You guys have oh, two sorry, si- very sorry. similar names. I should be calling gotcha. him Will. Uh, so that's I my think bad. We should, talk, we should end on this right now. I think okay. that it's it's time. It's time. It's time. All right. So, Wilms, earlier this week, you talked about how you hated Steph Curry's shimmy. It's repulsive. Yeah, and you love. Uh, the the jet plane. Yeah, that's how you do it, Jason. Terry. Jason Terry's. Yeah, um, when you'd put his arms out and be literally become a jet plane. What I would like to point out real quick, though, is as a I'm not defending Steph Curry's shimmy, but uh, James Harden had the worst celebration of the playoffs. Out of oh, it. the co- the cooking thing. No, the nosebleed. I don't think I. I don't think I even saw that. Oh, here I'll send it in the chat. Hold on, it's my least favorite celebration I've ever seen. I might like it though. I don't think you will. Um. All right. I am sending James it. Harden fake nosebleed after dunks compilation. Okay. 
Let's see if this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think I like that very much. It's the worst. <laughs> he just, he dunks and then he pretends that he has a bloody nose. Yeah, and he, like, puts both his, like, some t- earlier in the playoffs, he put, like, both hands to his face, like, oh, I'm bleeding so bad. Is tonight, Eric Gordon's jersey was literally covered in blood at one point. Yeah, Clay Thompson uh, literally bled all over uh, Eric Gordon. Yeah, Clay Thompson just smoked too much dro, and then got like a real he got a bloody <laughs> nose from that. Um, he, he got he got a little hurt, and he went into the back of the stadium and just uh, you know he's used to vaping, but all they had on hand was glass. And it just got him. It got him real dry, yeah. and he bled all over Eric Gordon's jersey. I made a joke that it seemed like when they 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 uh, when he hurt his knee earlier, they introduced him to fentanyl, and now he's an oh. opiate addict. <laughs> that would be a blow to the Warriors uh, the rest of the way, I think. So this this the Steph shimmy is just I really just I really just hate it so much um for reasons that i can't even i'll just like i'll become incoherent if i talk about it at length because i'll I'll just start exposing things that i should only talk about in therapy probably but um the jet is my probably one of my favorite the jason terry jet yeah yeah but, but sean was was uh we were talking about the uh the the classic sam cassell big ball that is the best one ever i think it's been much, much appropriated. Many the players, coconuts, have, yeah, yeah. Many players have. Marco uh, Bellinelli has done it. Yeah, he got fined for it. Yeah, <laughs> so tight. And I remember uh, when, he, happened, when that happened. Um, he tweeted a he tweeted a picture of himself doing it uh, the next day, but he deleted it within like a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like that celebration's a little bit crass? Big balls. Yeah. Yeah, but that's part of what makes it tight. Okay. Yeah, the crassness is is tight. Um, I think that very few players. I thought that it was okay for Bellinelli to do it. I saw that Julius Randle did it during like a regular season game. I don't think you should do the big balls dance in the regular season, personally. Like, I think you got to save that one for the playoffs. What if you uh, hit a big shot in a close game under two minutes with the game? <laughs> not like, in the regular season. That's not a big balls moment mm-hmm. for me. Even if even if it's against like a, a like a heated rival, yeah, no, oh, mm, mm. there has to be actual stakes in the game too. Um, All right, let's. Uh, what about Antoine Walker? Also did a shimmy. How do you? Feel yeah, I don't. That? I I like it. I like it. I dislike it. Also, not as much because Steph Curry's not involved. Um, but uh, I I don't think it's good. I don't like the shimmy. I hate the word shimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, that as, that I will absolutely agree with. Yeah, it's it's one of those words that's just objectively horrible. Um, one of my what favorites. About, wait, of... I got one for you. What okay. about that's not on our list uh, that I just remembered? What about in Denver? Javale McGee used to hold his mustache. Uh, his uh his finger up under his nose to show the the like girly must curly cue mustache tattoo he had tattooed on the inside of his finger that's fine i don't know okay. i don't have a problem with it mostly it just makes me think about how i dated someone who had one of those 
Yeah. Um, and that makes me think about like JaVale McGee on a more intimate level than I want to. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about that one. Sure. Yeah. Um, Remember when okay. people used to think that JaVale McGee was like so like novel and clever and like original because he like did like manual RTs for like all of his tweets. Well, and also he was like, and you would always say jug life. Yeah. And then he was also like extremely online first. Like, yeah, like, very early. He would like planked and stuff. Well, and he and he and Nick Young had some kind of like YouTube show. Yeah. They did the even cinnamon back in challenge. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, they did the so, cinema challenge. So he yeah, he was just uh he was a real early adopter. So people liked that. Yeah. One of my favorite I mean, one of my favorite yeah. celebration moments is this one that uh my good friend Do you friend, feel like people don't like JaVale anymore? Is that what you're saying? Uh I think that some people are still holding on. Um yeah. I think he's fine. I don't really have opinions about him, honestly. Yeah. But uh my friend Damon Ag- Ag- Agnos always uh refers me to this moment. It was a 1999 game, Sonics versus Kings. And um, this, there's like 4.4 seconds left. The Sonics are up by three points. And Peja Stajakovic shoots a three-pointer at the buzzer. And it hits the rim and goes up and eventually rims in. So they, go, they end up playing overtime. But it's like up for a while before it goes back in. And in the time that it's up, Old and Polynes... Sonic Center is doing the suck it gesture repeatedly. Yeah, that's because he, tight. <laughs> because he thinks the game is over. And while he's doing the suck it gesture, like rapid fire, I think he gets it off like like five times while the ball is up in the air. I'm actually watching it right now. Um, the ball, and then the ball goes in and they have to play overtime. <laughs> uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think- did did Nick Young invent the three point goggles, Joey? I don't think so. Oh, I don't like the three point goggles. Well, it it reminds me of that thing when you turn your hands inside out and like make a mask. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? When you make a little circle around yeah. your eye. Oh yeah, everybody's done that. Yeah. Um, Th- that also makes me uncomfortable. I, I three point goggles do for sure. I generally don't like three related ones. Like mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook's three guns, I hate when he holsters them. I don't like that one. Okay. Uh, I do like there was one time when Baron Davis was on the uh, the Lakers and he hit a three at the buzzer in Staples Center. And then ran to half court to win the game, and then ran to half court doing three kisses to the crowd, like taunting them. That was dope. That's the only three celebration I like. That's I like, pretty good. I like when Reggie Miller did the the double bow. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good celebration. He earned it. You gotta really earn it, you know. Like you're just doing this shit all the time. It doesn't mean much to me. Okay, what about um, that? thing LeBron does when he pushes down three times and then he hits his chest and he yells. I don't think it's very cool. No, it's very lame. It's yeah. weird that it's repeated exactly the same way. It's like that's too much choreography. For why did you land on why did you land on that? It's not a cool celebration, like 
Yeah, and like, uh, now I now I do it all the time. Yeah, not into it personally. I'm not into it. Uh, J.R. Uh, Smith, Henny God, thumbs up, and the guitar also thumbs up. I mean, like, I like Michael Jordan's celebrations because they weren't. He didn't have like a gimmick about it ever. He always just seemed he was just like a good old fist pump, you know. Uh, the younger he was, the more exuberant they were. Sure. Yeah. When he just when he hit that shot over Craig Gilo, and then he just like jumped in the air and did like four fist pumps. Like, good, good on you, Michael. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other Michael Jordan. The other Michael Jordan celebration I like is uh, shrugging. And then he falls yes. up by uh, racking up gambling debts. And then as the topper, he gets his father murdered by the mob. That was a great was pretty, celebration. Pretty exuberant. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know what? Hey, you know what? You don't know what happened. Let's not, <laughs> let's don't, let's not speak with that level. Yeah. I was surprised you were going to let that one go. Wilms. <laughs> I mean, people can eat their bullshit all day. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna get too upset over people. No, I'm gonna well, I'm denying gonna be... themselves uh, the 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 truth of Michael Jordan. I mean, that's that will be the subject of uh, Obama's first Netflix documentary, the true crime story of uh, Michael Jordan's father's murder. They're gonna get making a father murderer. Making a father murderer. Um. <laughs> all right. What about Wilms? Did you like when Baron Davis dunked on Andre Kirilenko and then pulled his jersey up to reveal he was wearing a girdle? I thought that was cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, that Baron was like, Davis. I am fat and I still dunked on your Russian ass. Yeah, Baron Davis is good. I like when, when Scottie Pippen um, dunked on Patrick Ewing and just straight up walked over him. Uh-huh. That's that the most disrespectful thing. And then he goes by Spike Lee and yells, sit your ass down. Oh, yeah. Oh, Scotty was Scotty was dad on that day, actually. I think that was I when mean, Jordan was retired, too. And he was like, he's like, I know how to be fucking daddy. Look at me. Um, um, okay, what about when Sean Kemp dumped, dunked on Alton Lister and then double-pointed at him while he was on the ground? It was good. It was good. Drew Holiday's point at that, Drew Holiday, that was expert taunting. For it, sure. it was ref, it was referential. I don't think that he knew whether I'm not sure if he knew that he was channeling Sean Kemp in that moment, but he was. <laughs> it's just funny to not be involved in the play and you're the one taunting too. Yeah. So good. <laughs> that's so good. That's like that's like true teammate shit. I love it. Uh all right, what about the Darius Miles Quentin Richardson head bump? That's good. That's pure. Yeah, it was also it's like, like really weird and they never talked about it. Well, and it was also really sad when they weren't on the same team anymore, so they moved it to one one fist each. Oh, because they so missed sad. each other. Yeah, it was real bad. See, that's why you can tell like like NBA teams inherently it's it's problematic to pull for a specific franchise because they're run by ruthless people who do not who act like their team is a family, but break up that yeah. family. Like, yeah, the Morris twins were separated. Like, like no court would have ever done that, and yet <laughs> Robert Sarver did. Yeah, they don't value family or friendship. Um, okay. Even identical twins who take a hometown discount, you still trade them away from each other. 
sad. Those guys should be on the same team. Okay, what about the Vince Carter motorcycle? Uh... The weirdest thing about that is he claims it's not a motorcycle. It is 100% a motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, he's like, what is it if it's not a motorcycle? He says, it's crank it up. It's not a motorcycle. Wait, I don't even think I know this one. He just puts his... He puts his hands out like like, like you're riding a motorcycle. Like you're riding a motorcycle, and then moves and his like, wrist like you're throttling the gas. Yeah, he like I, when, he does right hand first, and then he does both hands at once. When did he do that? He's been doing it for uh, a long Toronto, time now. Toronto, New Jersey, like, really? Like twenty years. Yeah. Somehow just missed that. <laughs> it's bad. Well, that's why. Yeah, it's it's not like inspiring. It's sort of like. I don't know. That's that's just an era of superstars making kind of questionable decisions, like you know like the naming Pierce yourself era, the, Ma- the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> that's like a, a lot of guys who, a lot of guys who should have had like more of an orientation, maybe in the league. Um, remember, um, when, remember when Dwayne Wade tried to nickname himself something? I don't even remember Flash? what it was. Three. Oh, no, three. Was, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Flash is like a real nickname. Yeah, after he won his third title, his third title, not, you know, most of his teammates' second title, he was, like, real up front, like, I'm three. That's my nickname now. It's just three. That's not a nickname. That's, a number, my number, a that's my number of titles. <laughs> yeah. That's, also, there's already a guy in the league named CP3. Like. Yeah, which is not a very, not a very good nickname, if we're being honest. Um, all right. What about Shaq staring at his hand after dunks and blocks? That's uh, really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's been copied so much. I know. But it was it was pure and it was good. Especially because uh, he but... would make such a dumb face when he did it. Yeah, he yeah. like really committed. <laughs> yeah, the rest of them they can't they can't commit at that level. I don't think. Uh. I mean, okay, where do you rank the D- the Dikimbo Matumbo finger wag? It's good. I really like it. Yeah. It's yeah. like top like 3 ever, right? It's, it's such it. a it's, it's way up there. It was it was, it was really, also really uh... You know what was weird was when Michael Jordan dunked on him because mm-hmm. they they played a playoff series Bulls and Hawks and the Hawks were really good uh, at that point. But Dikembe made a big deal in the media that he was like, Michael Jordan has never dunked on me, which was true at the time. Mm-hmm. And Michael was like, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to dunk on him. And he, all series long, he was trying to, honestly, and he couldn't. And then he finally did. I think it was the closeout game. He dunked on him, and then Michael did the finger thing back at him. And um, and Michael got a technical, immediately got a technical for doing <laughs> Which was the most the most fucking delicious technical foul of all time, I think. Like, totally worth it. I mean, don't you think he probably got the technical for screaming a homophobic slur, though? Not in your way. You know what? I will watch the clip again. I don't think that's what it was. I think it was because he was, like, particularly, like, in his face about it. You know? Yeah. Well, Matumbo, after a while, had wasn't allowed to wave his finger at other players anymore, so he had to like wave it at the stands. Yeah, he just performs it a general a general no, <laughs> which is which is almost better in a way. I think. Yeah, it's more insane. Oh, also the we <laughs> talked about the um, the Larry Johnson L. Well, we're getting there. Don't uh, worry. Oh, oh yeah, it's, okay. All right. we have a list. Yeah, there, I'm looking at a list of them we have right here. 
Well, let's let's talk about the big L right yeah. now because it's that's the weirdest one I think that someone worked so hard to do. Larry Johnson only did this as a Nick, so so like his second NBA destination. Yeah, he'd hit, hit a shot, and then he'd put his right arm straight up, and then his left arm perpendicular to it, forming an L for yeah. Larry. Mm-hmm. And it's only because he couldn't figure out how to get his arms to make grandmama. Like, he spent a lot of times with his fingers, like the blood sign, trying to get it to spell Uh grandmama, and it just wouldn't work. Well, also, there's a point when, um, there's a point in Larry Johnson's career where, you know, he's, he's blown out his knee, but he's, like, not doing endorsements anymore because he's become a devout Muslim. And that's the point of the, the big L. And I think that's the reason why in that same series against the Pacers, um, Travis Best started doing a big J gesture, <laughs> which was for Jesus. And so it was like very – because if he had made like a big T, that would have been one thing. But the fact that he made a big J made me think it was like actually uh, a direct answer to Larry Johnson's Muslim faith. That's pretty much insane. Yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> like, also, you know, like, if Larry if Larry Johnson tried doing the L celebration today, people would just like screenshot him doing it every time he lost. Yeah, I mean, some we sh- I don't know why that isn't. Man, I gotta I gotta copyright that meme. Yeah, right we gotta. Now. Oh my god, we gotta edit this <laughs> out the podcast so nobody has an idea. <laughs> I just start I just start posting Larry Johnson making the big L. Oh. It's perfect. At all, at all of the opposing teams, the losing teams' fans on Twitter, that'll get them. <laughs> that'll um, make them think twice about who they root for. So yeah, what? And then I'll put a crying Jordan face on Larry Johnson. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby! No, you make his fists crying, Jordans, in the L. <laughs> in um, the L. Uh, yeah, and, are, and his eyeballs. Are we pro Big L or anti Big L? Um, I, I like it. It's a conversation starter. I don't think it's cool, um, but there's a lot to talk about there. It's 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 hilarious that he started that eight years into his NBA career. I would say yeah. it was his Broadway shit. You know, he got to yeah. New York. And he was like, I need something extra. He was there mellow. All right, this next one for me is maybe the worst one in NBA history. <laughs> uh, it's Kobe Bryant's underbite scowl. Oh, terrible, awful. It's just so performatively performative and also weak. Like, you can't try hard and also be weak. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's dumb, dude. It's dumb. Everything Kobe does is just kind of dumb. Hey, Keep talking like that, and he won't edit a detail about you. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> I want that detail about me so bad, dude. Oh, my God. I can't believe that shit about Jason Tatum. He's going he's gonna to ruin these these views. I mean, it's their fault for listening to him, of course, but um, I want to see how many careers he can sort of poison here. You yeah, know? it's going to be great, actually. Yeah. Um, Do right. you think anyone on the Warriors would be susceptible to any of that shit? Besides Nick Young? Oh, Nick Young certainly would be. Uh, I mean, maybe Draymond a little bit, but other than that, no. <laughs> the other guys are. Oh no, Durant one hundred percent would. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Grant Wood. Or... Uh, but, you know, I don't think Draymond really, and Clay and Steph, I think, are kind of impervious to that stuff. Yeah, they're. Yeah. Because they're, they're already strong. like NBA nerds. It's true. Um, all right, and finally, I think my favorite on the list. Uh, the Deshaun Stevenson, I can't feel my face, where you wave your hand in front of your face, like, whoa. Which yeah. actually predates the week that song by the weekend by a decade. Yeah, this was Washington Wizards, Deshaun Stevenson. And again, one of the greatest things in NBA history was that somehow Deshaun Stevenson and LeBron James had a feud uh, in the mid-2000s. And then there was a proxy feud going between um, Jay-Z and Soldier Boy. Jay-Z and Soldier Boy. <laughs> and, and, and in the 2011 finals, Deshaun Stevenson defeated LeBron James, getting a ring before LeBron. And ultimately uh, uh, vindicating Soldier Boy, I would say, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that that much is uh, completely obvious. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why we all know who Soldier Boy is right now, and no one remembers Jay Z. Um, that's why Jay Z had to fake all those title streaming numbers. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Stevenson really taking title down. And it was his tattoo artist that uh, tattooed the Larry O'Brien trophy on Jason Terry six months before the finals. <laughs> the swaggiest move in NBA history. Um, all right. John, anything you would like to plug? Uh, you know, you can always listen to Corbin and myself on the Take It or Break It podcast. Follow me on Twitter, John, at John Wilmus Words. You can always uh, read me at Real GM. Probably write something there momentarily. I mean, not momentarily, but if in, within the next few days. Um, that's it. I got nothing else. Nothing else uh, happens in my life, so that's all. Uh, and Sean, what would you like to plug? Um, I have two articles about uh, Saturday Night Live that are that are ones up on the internet. So season recap tomorrow. Oh, when you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to read about casting decisions for next year, where I take the bold stance that Saturday Night Live has too many brown-haired straight white guys in their mid-30s get out of town <laughs> well i know i know that's i know that's the new n-word is straight white males but uh i can say it because i am one of them so, uh we don't actually believe you know I mean? I that here at Ball rock that, that is incorrect <laughs> um and as for me you can always follow me on twitter at frankie muniz where this week i tweeted whoever set up the timing of the stoplights in phoenix needs to be fired I mean, they probably do. Uh, Shut it down. uh, Let's go home. Yeah. Trust the process. Love needs to sing a song. Soothe his soul. The Rock says Cleveland is totally lame. How did this dunk get the Hall of Fame? The Rock 
has to say all shucks Cause Cleveland doesn't rock No, it totally sucks I say now Cleveland sucks up. 